0: Okay, let's go. Time to crack open precisely one can and start the new Politic episode.
1: I've got sparkling water.
0: You fucking Tory! <laughs> How dare you?
1: I and before that, I had a nice banana shake from a local delicatessen.
0: A freak shake, you say? A freak shake. Are you are you one are you one of these freak shake drinking Uber using? Antifa. antifa coming to beat the shit out of brendan o'neill
1: well, i'm definitely coming to beat the shit out of brendan o'neill <laughs> 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 brendan brendan i know you're brendan,
0: I, come on, the show. i know you're
1: listening to the show man and you know i i don't know if you're a litigious man but that was definitely comedy it was free speech that thing that you really like please don't no platform me Don't silence me, Brendan.
0: Brendan O'Neill, come on the show. We'll give you a platform.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We love those those platforms you
0: love so much.
1: I may be doing that, but I'm I'm certainly not using Uber.
0: Fucking scab company. Scabs. Scabs.
1: Fuck Uber. Do you reckon scab's still a prescribed term in the Labour Party?
0: Maybe it's been secretly unprescribed, sneaking its way back in there. <laughs> the John McDonald rule.
1: <laughs> the McDonald Amendment just has like a <laughs> tiny section. That's what
0: the McDonald Amendment
1: really is, Yeah, it's just an elaborate subterfuge so that it's okay to call fucking Blairite. No, they're scabs again. Yes. Well, this can be the pre-credit sequence. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right, you can introduce the show. Welcome now, I guess. to the
0: Real policy Podcast. Oh shit! I
1: talked over you. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> Why break the habit of a lifetime, Jack? <laughs> Three,
1: two, one.
0: Who was meant to go? Was it me or you? You. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, three, two, one.
2: Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Are the hard lefts, Chris? Well we know who the hard left are we're in the you know I, ascendancy I, I, within the within the Labour, the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said to that we were on the right right, right, to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, national without compensation that's a hard left wing position hard left the hard left to the hard left and the hard left the hard left the hard left the hard left and the hard left 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 hard left the 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 hard left left
3: hard left yes I'd love to toll the southland in a travelling minstrel show Yes, I'm dying to be a star and make them laugh. Sound just like a racket on a photograph. Those days are gone forever over a long
4: time ago. Oh, yeah. We've got to stop this. What camera am I? Okay. Am I on this camera? Let me just say straight up. Look, let me just say this to Labour Party supporters, Labour members members of the parliamentary Labour Party, we've got to stop this now. People, there's a small group out there that are willing to destroy our party just to remove Jeremy Corbyn. We've got to stop them. We've got to unite. And if you want to come for me and Jeremy Corbyn, that's up to you. But don't pick on staff who can't defend themselves. In addition to that, last week, Save Labour, we're talking about splitting the party. I want Owen and Jeremy can, and everyone can, to say, can, let's stop this now. Hold
2: on, can, can, can I join in on this? Well,
4: I'm, I'm sorry, I, Andrew, I, I think in? this is so serious. But,
2: but just...
1: And
0: welcome to the RealPolitik podcast. Yes, we did it. <laughs> With the wonderful misogynist host, Jack Reid. Oh, come Jack. on,
1: right in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, yeah, right. That's, that's... It's just
0: mad because you got fucked by FFF.
1: <laughs> In many ways.
0: <laughs> Whilst he was wearing the bear suit. Yeah, I
1: assure you, the bear suit did not leave his person. Because <laughs> it's only for the top, isn't it?
0: I thought the pants go underneath whatever pants he's wearing at the time. Oh! Just like the bear's legs are underneath his trousers.
1: Okay, okay. It's a
0: onesie, it's definitely a onesie. It,
1: it is a onesie, okay, okay.
0: FFF, come on the show, tell us if it's a onesie or not.
1: Oh, we should have got him tonight. Why didn't we? It's because I wanted to tie up loose ends for the Owen Smith stuff, and I knew that if Farage's fuck face comes on the podcast he's not gonna talk about any fucking politics he's
0: just gonna talk about vaping and porn yeah
1: exactly They're we've
0: like... all seen the Lexi Bell daddy clips by now <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to see them again
1: we'll shout out Walter Becker from Steely Dan who's just died oh
0: yeah I saw
1: that tragic stuff I love for Dan maybe I'll include a bit of their music in this episode Ei is like ending his three week training course with the so called Islamic State yeah yeah. it's true to form Tom's been asleep for a while we've checked he's not dead but he has been asleep for a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> it's happened before it's just Tom and Kieran Kieran's like disappeared but he's been like cited as like the bag carrier for a prominent lived MMP <laughs> 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 Someone resembling here in Morris. Alright. But yeah, what were we doing today on Real politics Laura? You didn't introduce oh, yourself a... either.
0: Oh yeah. I'm still Laura. I'm still here. <laughs> but you're all gutted about that one. Triumph well, proclamation. Of... <laughs> We've got a couple of loose ends to tie up, because some of our listeners weren't happy with some of the stuff that we excluded from the Owen Smith One Year On episode, because we missed some absolute fucking gems, to be fair.
1: Well, we went through a lot of stuff. I had a list of, like, 30 Yeah, it something. was, like,
0: 32 points or something.
1: Yeah, but it was... You know, it's just a whole summer of people just shitting on each other all the time. So (laughs) there's just so many owns throughout the campaign, so many more horrendous fucking gaffes, and so many people who aren't Owen Smith himself being appalling in similar ways to Owen Smith. (laughs) Yeah... I mean, because it's, like, right here in front of me, do we want to start, like, straight away with continuing the sort of, like, mental health stuff, which was sort of heavier note in the last episode?
0: Yeah, yeah, because we did sort of focus a bit too much, maybe, on what Owen Smith himself said and didn't really focus on the wider shitstorm that was a lot of people actually sort of weaponising mental health slurs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it was really grim. I guess it wasn't just mental health as well, it was sort of general
0: general disability shit to be honest
1: well there was Theo Bertram who was an advisor to Blair and Brown who who tweeted when Corbyn put out a message saying basically well as Theo puts it harrowing seems frail but a clear message whether you like it or not he's not quitting and labour will suffer that's how I imagine Theo Bertram sounds because he's called Theo Bertram
0: Theo (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: that's just pretty grim. The harrowing seems frail. I don't think Corbyn seems frail. I mean, he, he, he might have been a bit fucking tired.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was a fucking long summer of shit. That was mainly thrown at him by and Sneak
5: After the events of the past week, I wanted to talk directly to Labour Party members. Only nine months ago, I was very honoured to be elected leader of our party with 60% of the votes. I have a huge responsibility. I'm carrying out that responsibility and I'm carrying on with that responsibility. I want to reach out to all our members, to all our supporters, to all our Trade Union affiliates and to my colleagues in Parliament. Come together now to oppose this Tory government. Come together now to campaign for housing, for jobs, for schools, for hospitals, all the things that we, the Labour Party and the Labour movement, absolutely believe in. Now is the time to come together. Membership has gone up by more than 60,000 in one week. We're now the biggest membership we've been certainly in all of my lifetime. That membership wants and expects all of us, me as leader and members of Parliament, to work together in their interests, the interests of everyone in this country to achieve a better society, better standards of living and real equality in the future. That's what the Labour Party stands for.
1: That video that Corbyn put out was just after something that I think we forgot to mention in the last episode, which was the vote of no confidence, which was... Oh, yeah! There was this vote of no confidence that was put forward by the backbench Labour MPs, Margaret Hodge and Anne Coffey, at the meeting of the Parliamentary Labour Party on the 28th. Yeah, Corbyn lost it, 172 to 40.
0: It was a fucking thrashing and all of this like literally less than a week after the EU referendum as well. Yeah. The man had right to be tired.
1: (laughs) And in an article for The Guardian, Diane Abbott wrote, that the way she interpreted that PLP meeting, where everybody was getting up to basically shower Jeremy Corbyn with condemnation and I mean, you could say abuse, and demand his resignation, was an attempt to quote-unquote break him as a man. Yeah. So this was some really kind of shady underhand shit, and you saw people who were supporting the Owen Smith campaign weaponize this idea that Corbyn wouldn't be able to cope with the physical and mental strain of this coup against him so for instance another nobody fucking backbencher graham iranian hangman jones (laughs) Jones. (laughs) yes
0: yeah Yeah. he flat out called him a broken man yeah
1: he said it's time for a resolution and a dignified way out for jeremy as this and yesterday's behavior is of a broken party and man
0: yeah, It's fucked
1: up. I'm going to stick in a clip of Corbyn the day after the general election, where he's being asked, like, you seem pretty happy, don't you? And he's like, it's a lovely sunny morning. Yeah. <laughs> Just to show Graham Jones. Welcome. Good morning.
5: Um, good morning, Mr Corbyn. You're looking very chipper, if I may say so. Well, it's a nice Sunday morning. Nice. Sunday. And what better place to spend it than with you? That's very kind of you to say, sir. Is Jeremy Corbyn in this for the long term? Look at me. I've got youth on my side.
1: Graham Jones, a man literally most famous in my circles for telling his no relation, Owen Jones, that he supports ISIS. Yeah. <laughs> so that sounds like Graham Jones supports ISIS. You know, I think the kind of foreign policy he advocates created ISIS, but that's a, another conversation. But... <laughs> Yeah, no, he was accusing Owen Jones of the classic line. Fuck's sake! (laughs) This line is just forever engraved in my head. It's like, so as long as it's Iranian missiles or ISIS torturing and killing kids is fine by you, at Owen Jones, which (laughs) which isn't even Owen Jones's app. I'll stick to UN. You Iranian (laughs) hangmen. (laughs)
0: Hangmen. Oh man.
1: But yeah, here you've got another example of Graham Jones just being a real fucking nasty piece of work. Um, Yeah. And you know, a real kind of stupid and vacuum. Ban as well, I think.
0: Yeah, just genuinely a piece of shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was especially nasty because there was this kind of combined disorienting effect of. The leadership contest the full weight of kind of every establishment force in the land being opposed to Corbyn for anyone who held out hope in that project and ultimately in the man fronting it didn't see their world represented in the media in parliamentary politics and I mean yeah anywhere yeah and I think that had a really adverse effect on a lot of supporters of Corbyn's mental health
0: yeah I do think so because when you're pouring as much sort of energy As much of yourself into a project as a lot of people poured into the Corbyn project, especially around the second election, it's incredibly hard not to sacrifice your own health in order to try and, like, further the movement. And when you're seeing absolutely ridiculous sort of, like, attacks based around things like mental health or even physical health in Graham Jones' shitty case, Mm. it's hard not to take it really, really personally and be really affected by it. Because I know that that's essentially that was... How a lot of people around me felt. We were sacrificing, you know, especially because you know, me and a lot of our friends are disabled and we met through disabled activism. And that's one of the main reasons we were standing so hard for Corbyn at that time is that he was a much better candidate for disabled people and the advancement of the welfare state as far as supporting disabled people went than Owen Smith ever seemed to look like he was going to be. It was hard to be sacrificing your own health and then to see people who were maybe maybe doing the same, maybe sacrificing their health in the same way, just be, like, mercilessly mocked by fucking backbench Labour cunts like Graham Jones.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) And it did feel really, really personal.
1: I can think of two particular ways in which the leadership contest would have affected supporters of Corbyn's mental health really adversely. So, firstly, there would be the sheer volume of anti-Corbyn efforts so every single day, somebody would have done something to undermine Corbin that would get reported. And I know from you know, conversations with Matt's cousin that this was especially yeah. hard if you were working for Corbyn and you had sometimes like a hundred stories being briefed yeah. against you by the PLP and he had to spend all day answering the phone and couldn't fucking like shower. Had to just like work from his room. But, like, even just if you're a lowly member, someone who's invested a lot of hope in the Corbin project, but isn't necessarily a big mover and shaker in it. From my personal experience last year, it was just like, I could hardly kind of, like, look away from news sites, from Twitter, because, like, I was like, what's going to happen next is the thing that's going to finally kill this project gonna happen tomorrow is it like and so it was a big cause for kind of anxiety I think just the fact that it could collapse at any minute
0: yeah it was just exhausting to keep up with it was just Mm. it was literally a physical drain to constantly be fucking checking twitter checking the news checking up on parliamentary staffers like literally 24-7 so that we felt like we could be ahead of whatever attacks were coming
1: yeah exactly and I think that the other way in which it would have really Affected and undoubtedly has really, really badly affected a lot of Corbyn supporters' mental health is the way that it's just kind of common parlance in the media to describe people who support Jeremy Corbyn as lunatics, as cranks, as fascists, basically as abusers, as racists and anti Semites, as um, (laughs) misogynists, yep. (laughs) <laughs> well,
6: there we are, to quote Emily Cole. Well, forward. there we are. <laughs> <laughs> have you been asking any Tory MPs whether, given the situation they're now in, that they may be in the position whereby they're heading for a coalition of chaos?
5: Well, no, they all say they're going to have a majority.
6: Well, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> They've been saying that all the time, haven't they? I remember, well, how many? what was their majority going to be? It was going to be 100, wasn't it, or 120, 150 seats? That clearly is wrong, isn't it? But
1: yeah, just all this stuff about, you know, us being like a cult. I think it was Hadley Friedman in The Guardian wrote during the coup that... Corbyn supporters were like Charles Manson's cult wh- oh yeah which is kind of you know influenced by fascism deeply misogynistic murdered a bunch of fucking people
0: yeah this genuine like race war Nazi guy <laughs> yeah yeah a
1: guy with a fucking like swastika tattoo you know you had JK Rowling on Twitter Rowling whatever you know whatever on fucking Twitter with Harry
0: Potter on Twitter
1: yeah 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 with her like at the time seven million followers it's gone up she was talking about fascism of the left and right and she doxed this fucking guy because he had a t-shirt with her admittedly A careless choice of phrasing Eradicate the Blairite vermin
0: Vermin, oh yeah
1: But the Squawk Box did an interview with him At the time actually And he said basically, you know I was just trying to channel this Nigh, Bevan, Tories are lower than vermin thing Yeah I mean, you know, he didn't say they're lower than vermin He just said they're vermin
0: Yeah
1: Very moderate
0: If anything, he was going pretty easy on them (laughs) As being fucking moderate
1: Yeah Nigh post-selling out over nuclear weapons Yeah <laughs> Late night. <no>, but... <laughs> But that is just so fucking grim and it's not exactly gone away post-election, has it? Because now people are like, okay, I don't like Corbyn but he's a serious politician. But his supporters, are the fucking worst.
0: Yeah, if anything maybe some of the weird sort of like ableist bullshit and all the whole links to fascism and whatnot, maybe they've sort of come away from Corbyn a bit, but his supporters have been doubled down on, if anything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the stuff you hear about a kind of a delusional cult, when Mill Jollien saying that <laughs> He, he got abused because somebody said people die as a result of austerity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and I'm, su- I'm sure Windmill and does get plenty of abuse, like people at him saying he fucks his windmill. <laughs> Look,
0: I'm not going to stop doing that. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, I mean, that's really funny. He seems to have yeah. unblocked most of the people who make those kind of jokes. I don't know what's going yeah, on I've, there. Apparently, I've
0: got no idea what's fucking going on apparently
1: there. Apparently and Green has been unblocking people as well.
0: Not me, sadly. The
1: Dark joke. The Dark Jollyon. The Black Sheep of the Jollyon family.
0: I left him a broken man, and he'll probably never forgive me for that.
1: (laughs) It was actually during the leadership campaign that I first heard of the Jollyons. Yeah. I even wrote a short story that I never finished, and only briefly published, and then received loads of abuse about it from my stalker, (laughs) called Birth of a (laughs) Jollyon. And it was really weird. It was just like the jollians is some kind of like subhuman creature, like crawling through sewers to like find a windmill to fuck it.
6: <laughs> oh, man.
1: I think jollian Green and that was described as, I mean, he wasn't named, but he hit the character who was admittedly based on him was described as like a human Hawaiian shirt. <laughs>
0: Is he still got his Despicable shirts as his Twitter profile picture? I'm not sure. Is he
1: changed it when he rebranded? Uh, he might have changed it when he rebranded as like JG Press or whatever. A
0: Jade's G Press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, pal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it might have been Kieran on the old account. As soon as Jolly and Green changed his that, he was like, "Here's his new one." <laughs> 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 to all of all of
0: yeah, it got found immediately.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we should segue on fairly naturally into like the funnier stuff now
0: oh yeah like the moment that i can't believe we fucking left out of the last episode fucking <laughs> 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 oh my god i can't even get it out because it's so fucking funny <laughs> fucking owen smith getting absolutely wrecked by the bob crow play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so do you want to a- explain briefly for our listeners what the bob crow brigade are
0: okay so bob crow brigade are british and irish i think volunteers fighting with the ypg then named after bob crow who was the rmt general secretary back in the day i think either way they're fighting over close to Raqqa on the front lines over there and <laughs> they took a break out of their day fighting isis <laughs> to uh, take a picture in front of a wall (laughs) on which be spray painted at Owen Smith 2016 (laughs) want to talk to ISIS? tell that to the martyrs of Man Beach if you fight you won't always win if you don't fight you will always lose which is a, that's a fucking that is the Bob Crow quote isn't it
1: if you fight
0: you won't always win but if you don't fight you will always lose It's actually such a good quote to be fair that is a good quote Absolutely smashes all these fucking liberal cunts with all their anti violence bullshit at the minute.
1: So. Anti violence? I mean, fuck off. <laughs> you know what we love? Like, you know, going to journalists with cricket bats and all that. <laughs> and, and you were <laughs> right. It is Bob Crow. Cool. It was fantastic. There's five of them posing in front of it with red balaclavas and guns.
0: Fucking massive guns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Up the IFB, to be fair. (laughs) Oh, but you know,
1: all Corbyn supporters are just these fucking wet liberal melts. That's what they say. Maybe not in those words, but...
0: Somebody should fucking send this picture to Brendan (laughs) (laughs) O'Neill. like oh if they really wanted to be like their hero george orwell i'm sorry whose hero is george orwell moving on from that swiftly they go and fight in fucking they go and fight in fucking on the front lines in in racket well they are they are and they have been quite successful and they've been doing it for quite some time as well and
1: um, that wasn't even the bob crow brigade's only political intervention in the 2016 <laughs> leadership contest <laughs> yes. oh <my> <laughs> A member of a Bob Crow Brigade was quoted by the Morning Star saying, Hillary Benn was banging on about the International Brigades one minute, then backing someone who would make deals with fascists for next. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Fucking hell.
1: And uh, we can ask ourselves, why didn't Hillary Benn go for the leadership in 2016, being a much more sort of prestigious figure than a nobody like Owen Smith?
0: It's because... It's because he was too busy drinking the blood of Syrian children.
1: <laughs> It's because he's a pro-war dickhead, disgrace to his father who knew he would lose.
0: Yep. Oh man. <laughs> Shout out to all the soft left who are immediately going to start tweeting about how it's a disgrace to be painting moderate labor and peace as blood-sucking vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy all those tweets when I started tweeting that fucking picture that I took of Hillary Benn. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, when you... Yeah, the one the one time that I met Hillary Benn. Yeah, how how was he? awful really like really really awful he had no fucking idea what was going on he had no idea where he was where he was clearly he'd just been <laughs> Been drafted in to try and get Labour students on his side to go out and fucking canvas with him in his constituency but yeah he was like a fucking to- like I tried to get him to have a conversation about some of the stuff that was happening in Durham at the time Yeah. Like, the yeah. things with the teaching assistants and Labour scabbing on them and a lot of us were quite worried that especially in some of the county Durham constituencies that Labour weren't going to do so well because of that I'll just excuse was a lot because... that
1: prescribed term there scabbing
0: oh yeah sorry sorry But yeah, Labour scabbed on teaching assistants and there was a lot more support for the teaching assistants than there was for a lot of the Labour MPs that were running in County Durham at the time. And I tried to engage Hilary (laughs) Benn in a conversation about this and he just had no fucking clue. And he just ended it with saying, "Okay, well, uh, send my love to Roberta. Blackman Woods, who is the MP for the city of Durham. I was like, yeah, great, I will.
1: (laughs) Because you're so tight with her, aren't you? Fuck off. You're bezzy.
0: Oh, yeah, she loves
1: me. (laughs) Well, as you've said before, Laura Pidcock is your real MP.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to literally, like, move ten minutes down the road just to be in her constituency.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The dream. The dream. One day I'll have my own place. Ten minutes no. down Tuck Road <laughs> <laughs> in that Laura Pidcock's constituency.
0: That accent is somehow more offensive than on the last episode. <laughs> We're
1: well, just trying
0: to piss off like literally every single accent in this country. As a matter of oh. fact,
1: I have a verbatim quote from Owen Smith that I think would suit perfectly being read out in my trademark Owen Smith voice. <laughs> So this is something that we alluded to in the previous episode, but I didn't have the quote at hand. But now I can exclusively reveal to you the quote from some fucking local paper. I don't know. They just deleted the (laughs) article as well. I blamed it on globalists in the last episode. He said, something I find so infuriating about Jeremy is that sometimes it seems to me that he's not interested in British history. He is not proud of it. There was that moment the other day when he was asked, did he want to celebrate Andy Murray winning Wimbledon? And instead of just saying yes, Jeremy's response was, oh, and I'd also celebrate Serena Williams and her wonderful win. Oh, yeah. It seems what? to say something about Jeremy's mindset that instead of wanting to celebrate a British tennis player, he wanted to celebrate an American. I get that, but it does say something about him feeling slightly disconnected from Britain and it is a metropolitan attitude that I don't think helps Labour.
0: Yeah, but it says absolutely nothing about Owen that he thinks supporting black people is a metropolitan attitude.
1: (laughs) We don't have those in Monty Prid. (laughs) Apart from all the hundreds of Syrian refugees, of course. Of course, in the schools, of course. Oh, man. It's an apparition from Owen Smith there, straight from a Black Lodge. (laughs) (laughs) Twin Peaks finale tonight. I can't fucking wait. I'm so excited. I will not be staying up late to edit this episode tonight. I will be kicking back and watching Twin Peaks. (laughs) (laughs) All two fucking hours of it. Oh, it's exquisite, the new series. It's so good.
0: I will watch it at some point if I ever get any time off work ever. (laughs)
1: To watch anything. (laughs) To do anything. Let's do a quick movie roundup. What have you watched, Laura?
0: I've watched The Back of My Own Hand as I sit on the bus for several hours coming home from my nine to six job.
1: Well, we told you it'd be a quick movie roundup. (laughs) As I said on Twitter earlier, in the prestigious RealPolitik group DM... Ooh... It was the gang the of four. A
0: chat has seen. Oh,
1: <laughs> once the gang of four, now five go mad on ketamine.
0: None of us have ever done ketamine.
1: Purely a fictitious scenario, a reference to the comic strip presents five go mad on mescaline or whatever it's called. But ketamine is uh, allegedly better than mescaline. I don't know. I haven't actually. Like... I haven't done mescaline. It, I mean, it might be really good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, our socialist listeners can relate to your plight there.
0: Pray for me, comrades. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it also shows what a very fucking narrow conception of British history Owen Smith has. Yeah. You get the sense he's somebody who kind of, like, erases all the sort of great radical struggles from British history. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Well, actually, there was that picture of him where you could see his bookshelf in the background, and it was all just cookbooks. <laughs> I don't reckon Owen Smith's a big E.P. Thompson reader. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man yeah i can't exactly see him delving deep into the british colonial history when he's talking about the great british history he just seems to care more about fucking I don't know, tennis like
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly I'm, I'm sure he has a really detailed history of like fred perry and everything he did but <laughs> <laughs> anything
1: deeper than that well, I don't know, maybe he likes...
0: Maybe a bit too metropolitan. He,
1: he might like cricket. Do you reckon he likes cricket? Because C.L.R. James wrote a great book about cricket one time, so you, maybe we could wean him into, you know, radical analyses of the British Empire and so on through that.
0: What is cricket? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I am on the
1: northeast. <laughs> do, do they have cricket in Pontypridd?
0: They don't have it where I am, so I have no idea. Do they don't
1: have it? any sport where I am, which is actually my room
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: moving on from the cell phones let's talk about the time that Corbin owned Owen Smith in a lift <laughs>
0: yeah get this clip
1: at the time you know Owen Smith, the general public had no idea Corbin had owned him so much, but Channel 4 had sent <laughs> some undercover slug. So it was like a production company. The same production company did a documentary for Channel 4's Dispatches series and for the BBC's Panorama series about Momentum at the same time. <laughs> and they were both boring and shit and uncovered nothing of any value apart from Corbin making this joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, here we go. This was after, in case you missed our last episode, Owen Smith basically said, But whilst Corbyn wouldn't go to the negotiating table with ISIS to solve the conflict in Syria, Owen Smith was like, well, you know, I have a history of getting around the table with anyone compared fucking the IRA to ISIS, which like, fuck off. (laughs) ISIS are way better. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: Real politics has defected
1: to <laughs> Out of those two terrorist groups, there is one that I have a little bit more sympathy with. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me a terrorist sympathiser. But anyway, speaking to aides, one of whom was an undercover reporter, and this, by the way, is from the Daily Mirror. In a lift at the Jeremy for Labour campaign's headquarters, Mr Corbyn joked about the gaffes. One aide said, at least you're not negotiating with ISIS. Mr. Corbyn said he couldn't believe it, suggesting it's usually him who's accused of being the friend of hardline groups, including Hamas and Hezbollah.
4: (laughs) She bumps into Jeremy Corbyn, who's visiting his campaign team, and he jokes about his leadership rival, Owen Smith.
5: Yeah. Nice one of the debate today. Oh, thank you apart from
4: not recognising that we did
5: half of social
4: media say well done. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
4: at least you're not negotiating with ISIS. Wow.
5: I can't laugh it because it's me who's the one who's normally sort of said, "Yeah, (laughs) you're the friend
7: that's."
1: As he got out of the lift, he joked, "Where's the ISIS office that you set up the negotiations? They got an office on Bond Street or something."
2: (laughs) I'm not quite sure. Where?
1: <laughs>
5: Where's the ISIS office that used to set the negotiation? They've <laughs> like got an office on Bond
1: Street or something. <laughs> God, don't be well,
2: scary. Okay,
0: it's such a good fucking joke, to be
1: fair. <laughs> well, there was just, like, George Eaton spreading fake news throughout the whole <laughs> fucking contest.
0: Oh, fucking wanker.
1: <laughs> and uh, he said that thing about some guy called Martin Wapplington who said that he overheard Corbin in a tapas bar saying that he voted leave.
8: Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> and Ian Abbott, obviously, just owning George Eaton. <laughs>
0: Those tweets are so good. Have you retweeted those on the real RealPolitik account?
1: I think I've just retweeted them on my account. Do you think I should on the podcast account? Yeah. <laughs> OK, I will do. it.
0: critical support for die on.
8: <laughs> you know, one of the problems with Prime Minister's questions is the way Labour MPs behave. And if Owen Smith wants Jeremy to score over Theresa May in Prime Minister's questions. He needs to talk to his colleagues. They refuse to cheer, they sit on their hands, they sulk, they chat amongst themselves. And some of these Labour MPs need to understand, it's not about supporting Jeremy as a person, it's about going into the chamber for Prime Minister's questions and supporting your party. That's an extraordinary allegation that Labour MPs essentially
4: scuppered their own leader in his bid to put one over on Theresa May on her
8: first outing. And when silence. Theresa May came in, she got huge cheers from the Tory benches. When Jeremy came in, there was silence. I've, I've spoken from the front bench and I've spoken on platforms. If your own side isn't behind you, it's really difficult to hit your stride. I thought he did fine, but if Owen Smith is worried, first and foremost, talk to Labour MPs and get them to support Jeremy in the chamber.
4: Owen Smith has himself been criticised online a lot in the last few days following a story originally in the Times about his work for Pfizer. He used to work for them, the, the drugs multinational. Is is that a legitimate part of the debate now, do you think, between him and Mr Corbyn?
8: Well, you know, party members will look at this issue. I know Owen Smith says technically he wasn't a lobbyist, but for practical purposes he was, and party members will look at this issue, because there's there's no issue closer to party members' hearts than the NHS. And you know, the Tories... He worked for a big important health company, he didn't work to undermine the NHS. No, but he wasn't a scientist, he was a lobbyist, and I mean, the Tories have had, just had a former PR man, stroke lobbyist, as their leader. David Cameron. They've now moved beyond that. I don't believe. I mean, Owen Smith is, you know, he's, he's a great bloke and so on. But I don't believe that someone whose history is being having been a special advisor and a pharmaceutical company lobbyist is going to enthuse the base. Um, but But.
4: Why not? Because he's worked for a company that provides jobs, that is involved in health care. I don't think there's an allegation necessarily. Well, he certainly denies the allegation that he was in any way trying to undermine the NHS. What's wrong with it? Well, you
8: were in America until... a a year or so ago and you will know that in America and in here people find the link between lobbyists and politics very distasteful and having been a former pharmaceutical company lobbyist will not help Owen Smith. Right, so
4: it's the the lobbying and the fact of who he was working for as well, both coupled together?
8: I think so, I just think that's how ordinary people see politics now. They're worried about this link between lobbyists and politics and the idea there's some kind of seamless relationship.
1: And a longtime listener of the show who worked on the Corbyn campaign has highlighted as a highlight of the campaign Owen Smith's ridiculous walk, walking into Broadcasting <laughs> House the day he announced his nomination, walking like a complete div, swinging his arms up to his shoulder, was obviously told this was some kind of power walk.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <my. laughs>
1: there was more shit. There was some kind of grimy shit, I thought. All right, so let's use Adam Beankov tweeting uh, from whatever shit site he writes. Business Insider. (laughs) Jeremy Corbyn's ex-wife tells BBC Five Live she has voted for Owen Smith because she is saddened and upset by State of Labour Party. Jeremy Corbyn's ex-wife backs Owen Smith because he is younger, more media savvy and flexible. The thing about Jeremy is he hasn't changed much. Are the politics of the 1970s relevant for the 21st century?
6: Oh. I've got to ask you then now, how have you voted in this Labour leadership election? Well, I voted for Owen Smith. Uh, really? la- yeah, Last time I voted for Jeremy out of personal loyalty, but I've been so saddened and really upset um, by some of the things that, you know, the last speaker quite rightly referred to. Um, you know, it's been such a painful sideshow this last year that I, I just feel that... Uh, Owen's policies are also uh, radical and that's good. So I don't think there's much difference in policies, but there's more difference in um, uh, flexibility, uh, media ability. Because remember, I'm a professor of communications now, so I I look at media performance very critically uh, you know rightly or wrongly Um, and I think the ability to unite the party and um, to have a longer-term post-Brexit vision I think that's something that's been missing so to be clear you haven't voted for Jeremy Corbyn your your ex-husband this time even though you
0: voted for him last time because you don't think he's got the the media savvy And you don't
6: think he's got this long term vision for the country in a Brexit Britain? Well, I think if he has got the vision, it's not coming across sufficiently in the public sphere, uh, you know, in, in the media coverage.
1: And Owen Smith quote tweeted the first tweet. Saying, Great to have the support of Labour stalwart, Jane Chapman. Oh,
0: that's so fucking grim. Just, like, that level of, like, shit-slinging and just... I guess the question... Dirty politics.
1: I guess the question is, did she come out and endorse the Owen Smith campaign by her own volition, or was she encouraged to, maybe coaxed into doing it somehow, but, you know, maybe just sort of asked and she was like, yeah, alright, but was she asked by someone in the Owen Smith campaign to do that because if so then that is very nasty. That's
3: next
0: level of, yeah, that's really nasty shit. Ugh, that's skin crawling, you So bad.
1: It's like a kind of nasty piece of work I think Owen Smith is, the way that he just kind of was like very proud.
0: Yeah, there's something about this that just really, really rubs me up the wrong way. It's almost as if, like, Jane Chapman, who I guess has a name within the Labour Party of her own volition, is definitely being used by Owen Smith in this particular situation, literally as Jeremy Corbyn's ex-wife. Like, she's definitely being used here because of her proximity to Corbyn not because of any work she's done within the Labour Party and again it just kind of shows the the way that Owen Smith thinks about women (laughs) there's something deeply deeply wrong about it
1: Honestly, I can't reiterate enough just how fucking badly he came off throughout that whole campaign. Like, he really did not seem like a pleasant man. There was not just the way... He seemed to have a great sense of personal animosity towards Corbyn, especially during the debates where they went head-to-head, where he wasn't as good at keeping his cool as he was in straightforward interviews. Unless, of course, Samantha Reed was like, why didn't you just say no? (laughs) He's like, well, that was a joke, Samantha! (laughs) Um, he had a go at the audience I think in every single debate there was at least one occasion whether it was when the audience in Scotland booed Kezia Dugdale um, he had a go at the audience for jeering when he called the MPs who didn't have confidence in he said 172 socialist MPs (laughs) and he was like I don't see what's funny about that
2: (laughs) we can stick with Jeremy Corbyn and we can wake up we can stick with Jeremy Corbyn, and we can wake up.
1: I do have, I think, one more direct quote from Owen Smith here, actually, which is... I can't even remember where I've sourced this from. Like, sorry, journalist. Smith was cagier when questioned on Zero Hours contracts, which he had earlier said were exploitative in the... exploitative in their very essence and the hallmark <laughs> of insecurity at work. Asked what minimum hours would be required by law, he said You need to give people a contract to say here's what you will be working. It could be one, but I'm saying it shouldn't be zero. We should invert that emphasis.
0: <laughs> the true workers hero <laughs> Which plan zero hour contracts. Which to implement the new one hour contract <laughs>
1: like that's so great you've got to get out into town for your one hour of work trek back home <laughs> every fucking day try and find more work elsewhere but i wonder what fucking like blairite spaddy knobhead dipshit fed the phrase invert that emphasis that into emphasis. his shithead fucking brain
0: what the fuck does that even mean i don't know <laughs> like in, in context of him going all right, all right fuck zero hours contract let's have a one hour contract what does it mean to invert
1: the emphasis of a one hour contract? <laughs>
3: I'm so confused. There are known knowns, there are things we know we know, we also know there are known unknowns, that is to say we know there are some things we do not know, but there are also unknown unknowns, the ones we don't know we don't know. <laughs> Excuse me, but is this an unknown unknown? Uh, just, I'm, I'm not several unknowns, and I'm, I'm just I'm not, going, an I'm not going I'm not going to say which it is. I'm
1: right here. I'm right something. here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't the only Labour right MP, or yeah, fuck the soft lefter, the yeah. fucking stooges of the Labour right. Fuck them. Um, let's just all call them Labour right MP to make a fucking tear of himself throughout that campaign. Like there was Jack Romi. Who was doing? Who was doing an interview about how Corbyn was shit and Owen Smith needed to take over as leader?
6: Labour in crisis.
5: Labour is divided. We need, once again, to unite. That means strong new leadership.
8: and That's why I'm supporting Owen Smith. But it then means...
1: And then there's just like, you just hear the crowd like... (laughs) And everyone just like heads off in a particular direction. You're like, oh shit, what's going on? But it then means us turning outwards for the country. We can't go on talking to one another. Uh, We've got to stand up for the country. And then Corbyn just turns up and he's like, hey, Jack. How are you doing? Yeah, are you You're okay? okay? <laughs>
3: hi,
1: Jack. We're hi, How you? Good, good to
3: see you. How's your going? All right.
1: Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Jack's me just, like, visibly shits his pants.
0: <laughs> you can just see the colour drain from his face as he turns and goes, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> uh, hi, Jeremy.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I'm okay, thanks. Jeremy's like, oh, great. Have a great one, mate. Like, <laughs> 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 it's fantastic. Like fantastic. Corbyn... Anyway,
0: back to trying to ruin your career. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I sound like Bernie Blair with the only compliment he's been able to give Corbyn since the general election here. But throughout the leadership campaign, Corbyn did just show such fucking good temperament.
5: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of debate about what's happening in the Labour Party at the present time. And uh, I'm inundated with questions, questions, questions all the time. And I have patience that is infinite to answer questions, questions and questions. But one I got today really did puzzle me. They said, how are you coping with the pressure that's on you? I simply said this, there is no pressure on me. None whatsoever. Real pressure, real pressure, real pressure is when you don't have enough money to feed your kids. When you don't have a roof over your head. When you're wondering if you're going to be cared for. When you're wondering how you can survive. You're wondering how you're going to cope with the debts you've incurred. You're wondering if your lovely employer is going to give you a call to give you a couple of hours' work or not bother, or change their mind when you're on the bus on the way to do that job. That is the real pressure in our society. For those people struggling on low pay, struggling on zero-hours contracts, not knowing what's coming from one week to the other, not knowing if they'll be able to pay the rent, not knowing if they're going to be homeless, not knowing if their children will end up in care. That's the kind of brutal pressure that's put on people every day of the week in this country.
1: He yeah. brought so many, like, angry little shitheads like Owen Smith down by just staying calm. When Owen Smith was like, but Corbin, you called someone a lunatic in 1992. And Corbin was <laughs> just like, I'd rather talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> Being chill as fuck really did him well i'm not saying i don't like when he gets more animated like when he's like shouting at itv cunt
0: (laughs) (laughs) or when he like fucking smacked smith down over his shitty little did you or did you not vote leave
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah exactly or when he lunged at that female journalist during the campaign to you know try and physically assault her oh wait that it didn't definitely happen. Happened. Yeah, no, that was what just some happened? ridiculous shit that the media said, wasn't it? Oh,
6: yeah. Mr. Corbyn, when are you going to stand down? How much longer can you stay?
2: Jeremy, no, Mr Corbyn, this feels like you're running away from the
4: media. Oh, Can't you stop
6: and talk? We just talk. talk. We don't do yes. no. that. No. Jeremy, Come Jeremy,
2: Jeremy, Jeremy, if Jeremy, want to make it, want to arrange an interview, we, speak we, to my press office, Thank you. please. please, please. No. And we said no. It looks so now we're asking them. And Mr Corbyn, this feels like you're running away from the media. Oh, yes. Can't yes.
5: you we stop and talk? So All we want to do is, if you want to make it, want to arrange an
4: interview, speak to my press office. And we said no. It looks really unwatchable and very
1: unprofessional. Mr. Corbyn, surely you can stop and spare thirty seconds to talk to the media.
2: So, how long can you really stay, Mr. Corbyn, when eighty percent of your MPs want you gone?
1: There's like the media. You have them in a, in a great position where they were all trying to bring Jeremy Corbyn down, but a lot of these cunts are kind of like mercenary. <laughs> so they were sort of like who the. Fuck fuck is this blairite spad pretending to be on the left i think owen smith elicited a lot of contempt from people across the political spectrum just being so shit do you want to briefly talk about the john mann article
0: oh my god yeah Alright, right let's fucking dig this out yeah oh john mann you fucking reactionary piece of shit
1: He's... oh my god
0: it was really it was for politics home it was a fucking politics home article like, of all things all places
1: <laughs> yeah we're still more popular and successful than their podcasts so <laughs> of yours guys <laughs> <laughs> all but oh my... to Kevin Schofield Michael Duggar's Ooh. fucking puppet
3: <laughs> like,
1: Michael Duggar just sticks his hand up Kevin Schofield's ass and makes him talk <laughs> Michael
0: Duggar. Oh, what? Never has a Labour leadership candidate hit so many bum
1: notes in one
0: campaign. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I- brief bit of background about who John Mann is Oh yeah
0: what, who, Where's he mp for was it Bassett Law?
1: Bassett Law, that's it I, One of our listeners is from there as well Our boy Fred Galucci Who is, along with Kate Osimor The only decent member of the co-op party we know
0: <laughs> Yeah, fair enough <laughs> but,
1: um,
0: <laughs> there, there are only literally two decent members of the co-op party Out so.
1: of them. <laughs> Prescribe the cooperative party
0: <laughs> Kate Osmore needs to fucking leave the co-op party Like, what is she doing? She is.
1: needs to put some urgent distance between herself and the co-op party, like yes. Leslie. You, know? you
0: are the hard left, Chris.
1: <laughs> I, I still don't know after all these years.
0: Maybe the day that we find out who the hard left are is the day that real politics comes to an end.
1: That can be our great reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're like Twin Peaks. We had to just reveal who the hard left were 14 episodes in, and the show's been downhill ever since. <laughs> oh man i'm sure when twin peaks the return finishes i'll talk about it a bit less
0: i'm sure by the time it finishes and you stop talking about it i'll actually get around to watching it and we'll never (laughs) shut up about it
1: (laughs) have you seen any of the classic shit like the old yeah
0: yeah i saw the first two series and i did really like it because i'm quite a big fan of most of the people involved in the project to be fair but i'm a big david lynch fan i'm a big fan of McLaughlin.
1: Yeah, Kyle McLachlan's great. I'm a big fan of Mark Frost's Twitter feed,
0: Oh which
1: is just like yeah. <laughs> having the Trump-Russia hashtag just mainlined into your fucking yeah. veins. Why is his Twitter so fucking rogue? <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been reading The Secret History of Twin Peaks, Mark Frost's tie-in novel, which is pretty good. It sort of sets the scene a little bit for the new series without spoiling it at all and yeah there's a lot of stuff in there about like conspiracy theories and there's one bit about like the soviets pretty early on i'm like okay we're with mark <laughs> frost here and like don't get me wrong he's obviously great brings a lot to twin peaks but his politics are a dumpster fire <laughs>
0: yeah (laughs) the classic american liberal and it's so fucking sad (laughs) to juxtapose the shit that he comes out with in his real life with the art that he makes
1: (laughs) but to be fair i'm quite happy with as far as i know david lynch's primary political contribution ever which was one tweet saying like bernie sanders is the man or something yeah So, speaking of man-z...
0: Oh, back to John Mann. John Mann, yeah. Reactionary piece of shit pro-Brexit, like... (laughs) kind of awful guy <laughs> i mean
1: the fact he's pro brexit isn't the worst thing about him but the way in which he's pro brexit is yeah. bad um yeah. i've got no time for that go osborne genius bellend who <sighs> that, that cosplaying fucking 40 year old divorced dad knobhead <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like um you know he's dennis turning dust. up turning up in like a clive lewis sharing an article about this dennis skinner documentary that's going to be coming out soon to be like Oh, Dennis Skinner supports Brexit. And me and Tom and the invitations open to Laura, like if she wants to like watch it and come on as well and to all the other members of the team, we're going to be appearing on the film chat podcast to talk about this Dennis Skinner documentary, Nature of the Beast, which I watched the other night, and it's a a nice watch, actually. It's it's more Hmm. sort of about, like, Dennis Skinner as a man, rather than the political nitty-gritty. But I did learn through it that Dennis Skinner is Bolsover's biggest Woody Allen stan. What?! Dennis Skinner says he's seen like he's a
0: Woody Allen's.
1: Yeah, he says he's seen like oh, all what? Woody Allen's films.
0: Oh man! If there's one person you're gonna fucking stand for, why would you make it Woody fucking Allen, the weird incest pedophile?
1: <laughs> but get this, he likes Woody Allen's modern films as well. Oh no! Okay, um... <laughs> Not just the early funny stuff, as it's known.
0: The... No, no, no 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 no
1: no. The new shit. <laughs>
9: I don't think there's a Woody Allen film I haven't seen. Some are not as good as others, but uh, uh, recently, uh, Midnight in Paris was excellent, and so was Blue Jasmine. Uh, That was an excellent Woody film, and so uh, from time to time they write him off and then he bounces back. I mean, it's quite remarkable that this man, who's I suppose he's as old as me, really, is still directing excellent films. But I like the satire, I like the way he frames the films and, generally speaking, he gets it right. And I think it's true to say that uh, you get ideas from films, you get ideas from books and, and so on. You might get a new theme, a new idea for a speech and all the rest of it, based upon books that you pick up or film so you see
3: no
0: I'm sorry but I fucking draw the line at like Vicky Cristina Barcelona <laughs> <I> No. <know. laughs> fucking match point that one that was vaguely about tennis
1: <laughs> match point is weird it's got some decent like suspense sequences in it but the dialogue is a... he's so clunky it's the most he clearly
0: clunky. has never been to England <laughs> yeah, or, like, or if I he... understand that but what the fuck so you're a poor boy from
3: Ireland come to London
4: I love it <laughs> It's so exciting and live. I've never seen so much art or theatre. Not that I've taken much advantage of it yet.
2: Well, look, if you'd like someone to show you around... I grew up in Belgravia, I'd be happy
8: to take you to all the good places.
4: That'd be great. <laughs> On one condition. I buy the tickets. Oh
8: dear, is that going to be an issue?
4: I'm afraid it is. Yeah. I'm very old-fashioned.
1: Because he's a very very private guy, especially since like you know uh, 1992 or whenever it was, <laughs> <And> <laughs> he keeps himself to himself. I imagine when he goes to Britain, he goes like either to the sets of the films he's shooting there or to like yeah. a hotel. He's a weird guy, Woody Allen.
2: Yeah,
1: a Woody Allen film I quite like is Crimes and Misdemeanors. For yeah, what? Yeah,
0: I quite like Crimes and Misdemeanors. The
1: as well. one about a guy learning to live with an appalling crime that he's committed and go on. <laughs> On a day-to-day basis
0: yeah i'm sure it's not got anything to do with woody allen's real life
1: but that's actually the martin landau character in the film who has that arc woody allen's character in that film is just like a nice guy who gets cucked
0: yeah it's it's definitely not some sort of weird projection on woody allen's part
1: <laughs> but fucking hell uh, steering this away from woody allen
0: woody allen's crimes and misdemeanors <laughs> yeah. Allegedly.
1: <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> do, do we want to take it in turns reading bits of this John Mann thing?
0: Oh, oh God, yeah, back to John Mann. <laughs> right, hang on. <laughs> and,
1: then, and I think we can probably wrap up after John Mann. We've even had a fucking movie chat there. That's, that's wild.
0: Just sliding it in. Right, OK. What's the best quotes in this fucking article? He literally just calls it a fucking shambles. <laughs> 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 he, he pulls absolutely no punches in this article, well, to be fair. He goes fucking in on owen smith
1: <laughs> wrong man wrong time wrong policies, policies. <laughs> owen smith's leadership campaign boiled down to one key message i am not him. i am not him <laughs> Never has a Labour leadership candidate hit so many bum notes in one campaign. Yet it was so predictable. And this is after the Andy Burnham campaign of 2015, where he just pissed away this, like, huge lead. Yet it was so predictable. Oh, wait, and then he just lays into, like, the so-called golden generation. Just all all these soulless fucking Blairite suits. These fucking squares, to use it. a term that I was trying to popularise at one point. To coincide with the result, the new statesman laments the end of a golden generation without a sense of irony, in that every member they identify served as a special advisor to government.
0: Bad dads!
1: Nothing wrong with being a special advisor, John Mann says, which I thoroughly disagree with (laughs) indeed important work but the labor spads became the princelings presuming leadership and obsessed with their own inheritance of power and he's right there isn't he yeah with owen smith this generation has just died (laughs) 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 owen started early oh I was approached at the beginning of 2016 by a senior figure promoting his candidature. I literally laughed. (laughs) Why on earth would anyone support Owen Smith, other than he is not Jeremy Corbyn? And so it proved. (laughs) Six months of planning ought to have teased out some policy alternatives and created a credible platform. Instead, it fell into the princelings logic. Owen was ready. Jeremy can't win, therefore vote for Owen.
0: <laughs> oh, this fucking next line, a bit like Ed Miliband's mantra 18 months ago that I am ready. But was he ready for what? A pizza and a movie? <laughs> Netflix
1: and chill. Yeah, I was gonna say, is that John Mann's version of Netflix, Netflix and chill? And chill. <laughs> I refuse to get Netflix. I'm ready. I'm ready to put an end to the tired
7: old idea that as long as we look after the rich and powerful, we'll all be okay. I'm ready. To put into practice the truth that it's only when working people succeed that
0: Britain succeeds. Either way, this article that John Mann wrote basically just goes on to just twat anyone in the Labour Party that was feeling all too comfortable with economically conservative policies that had been basically pushed through the fucking Blairite era and would have been pushed probably by Owen Smith. and he just pulls no fucking punches for this whole article it's basically fucking gold we should tweet it out on the real Politics account because i think some people might like to give this a read to be fair because yeah. there are some choice quotes in this fucking article
1: on reflection three million trade unionists not voting this time may have been a good thing for him <laughs> yeah. stuff about venezuela <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah,
0: the fucking bit about statism and shit shit like that. Yeah.
1: I think he wraps it up in a pretty... Well, the last paragraph is just screamingly wrong and awful. It's
0: fucking atrocious. Like, his three current MPs that have the potential to embrace the wider world. Basically, his three picks for leadership. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of which I actually agree with, being a big fan of Marine A myself.
1: (laughs) His war crimes are good. Shuffle off this mortal coil, you cunt. (laughs) If only Dan Jarvis had stepped into the 2016 leadership contest and said that to Jeremy Corbyn.
0: Corbyn might have cracked
1: under the strain. That might have been what did for him.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, Alexander Blackman, for not doing that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Alexander Blackman was one. Chuk- yeah. Chukurumuda Lisa with.
0: fucking Nandi
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Nandi
0: The fucking centrist melt hero Lisa Nandi
1: yeah People <laughs> just, just say she's ignores
0: good Ignores her constituents He definitely checks that in this article <laughs> <well. laughs>
1: Is that what he means when he says If she can stay in touch with her constituents
0: if she, if she just doesn't give a <laughs> fuck
1: about them, like. Is this, She's just, like, off on jollies with fucking, like, Tony Blair and Blue Labour. She's
0: just doing fucking tours of, like, university labour clubs, yeah. like, into the fucking Blairite scum that have penetrated our universities.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Chukaramuna, if he can tame his Euro fanaticism. Yeah. Oh. I kind of don't reckon John Mann's a big fan of the direction chukaramuna has gone in recently. <laughs> Like, Mr. Single Market.
0: Yeah.
1: Imagine yeah. being Mr. Single can't Market. I can't imagine,
0: like, fucking Brexit. John Mann is a big fan of
1: that. <laughs> yeah. John Mann, who's proper, like, get them all out. Why? This is the puzzled response to the proposal last January that I back Owen Smith. It about time... Oh, come on John Nobody
0: it's... fucking checking your fucking articles John
1: Manstaffers and the Politics Home editorial team really dropped the ball there yeah it's about time that Jeremy's opponents get as real as they keep asking him to get fundamentally the princelings share the same statism that surrounds Jeremy, and yeah, that's just as I said. What
0: is that a fucking sentence? It's just some right
1: the, the statism stuff is just you know like right wing nonsense about like empowering
0: people, yeah, empowering
1: and inspiring people out of poverty, about? and if you try and help them directly, then Venezuela, look behind Venezuela. you. <laughs> russia you'll become like putin's communist regime that butchered tens of billions oh yes give us the power and we can do better but how and for whom ah of course the poor for the dispossessed for the young the old hard workers non-workers in fact for everyone other than white middle-aged men who don't work too hard what the fuck is he talking about
0: literally got no fucking idea.
1: And this fits the profile of most Labour Party members, owner-occupiers, occupational pensions, bigger houses, people who do not personally experience poverty. (laughs) I'll say for the old Labour right that they're quite willing to get on board with some of our more radical economic policies. It doesn't really sound like that from John Mann here.
0: Yeah.
1: It's kind of like, oh, you're not helping out white middle-aged men enough
0: honestly what is this fucking article the more i'm reading it the more i'm just like this makes literally no sense this man he's just fucking he's just fucking gone off on one
1: <laughs> revolutionary socialism it's chasing crazy. the tail of its own accountability <laughs> <laughs> that fucking mean? did he get owen smith's speech writers to do that one for it <laughs> do you remember when there was like this rumor going around at the start of the coup before owen smith really stepped into the ring that peter mandelson and chris leslie were camping out in angela eagle's office
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> <laughs> the best people what a beautiful
0: campaign side. that would have been yeah.
1: angela like oh yeah i'm the real voice of the left with chris leslie just like <laughs> behind, her, like.
6: and so i'm wondering why you think this time round. Um, with the sort of platform that you, you're standing on and, and the sort of uh, political record that you have got, uh, supporting the Iraq war, opposing the inquiry into the Iraq war, supporting uh, university tuition fees, abstaining from the welfare bill. You sound, just, like, you're reading, you sound like you're reading one of the uh, rather nasty little memes going round on I, Twitter. I don't I, mean I, to, to be. To be fair. I don't mean to be. I'm I, just wondering I, I why actually... you think this time will be different. Possibly the
1: most right-wing man on economic issues in the Labour Party. Oh, yeah, probably. I'm not saying he's like as fucking racist as John Mann or anything, but he's certainly not got a socialist thought in his head. Yeah. Ah, 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 Hard left.
0: Hard left. You
1: are the hard left, Chris. Dun, dun, dun. It was us all along. (laughs) I (laughs) don't know what I'm talking about. There was this disability rights campaigner in Wales alleged that Owen Smith had said to him that the reason Labour doesn't go too hard against disability benefit cuts is that they don't want the right-wing press going after them. Mm. This might have been when Owen Smith was Shadow Work and Pension Secretary under Corbyn. But yeah. Smith basically said, Hello, have you got an email? And the guy was like, Oh yeah, do you want to talk about disability rights? And Owen Smith was like, Oh, I wanted to give you the contact details for my solicitor.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he literally like, allegedly threaten the guy with like fucking legal action.
1: Before we go, can we spare a thought for poor Jolly and Morgan? QC, <laughs> <Cutie. laughs> who quite possibly bet thousands of pounds on an Owen smith victory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it could have cost him his windmill.
1: <laughs> Bear in mind this is the guy who can splash out two million quid buying and refurbishing a windmill and then spending at least half that amount on sexual accessories to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, who knows? However much he bet might not go amiss. And I'm at a bit of a disadvantage here in that I can't understand the stuff in front of me. Yeah. If it's
0: got anything to do with fucking betting. No, I don't understand any of that shit.
1: <laughs> on Owen Smith, total matched on this event? 8, so maybe
0: some of the wonderful listeners of the real politic podcast can help us out here and understand how to do fucking life <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll understand what these numbers
1: mean <laughs> but yeah basically jolly and morgan qc tweeted don't choke on your quinoa corbin fans <laughs> yes. but owen smith is basically eating money and beat him the leading employees of Betfair have now, you know, had to take a long hard look in the mirror. <laughs> Julian returned a day later saying, Daily Quinoa Watch. Owen Smith MP, now favourite to win the leadership race. This was on the 14th of July. Oh, my God. Daily Quinoa Watch. The beard bites back. From the
0: man that brought you, class doesn't matter anymore, let's stop focusing on it. <laughs>
1: yeah, an article, incidentally... From the
0: man that literally fucks a window <laughs> in Sussex.
1: <laughs> Jolly and Class Doesn't Matter article was incidentally praised very highly by Ian Martin, the editor of Reaction, <laughs> a site where it really is all in the name. Yeah. On the 17th of July, Jolly and Tweeted, Daily Quinoa Watch. They're crying into it in Islington, with Corbyn's odds plummeting and Owen Smith soaring.
0: I think we should have just about cleaned up all of those loose ends
1: yeah we went on longer than i expected but then i expected we'd go on longer than i expected if you get what i mean
0: i don't get what you mean i'm very tired
1: (laughs) (laughs) and on that note do you want to close the show out like you introduced it
0: yeah I mean, I don't really have much to say apart from this has been another wonderful episode of the Real Politic podcast with your fabulous hosts, the misogynist Jack Frame Reed oh, and, <laughs> and me. Follow me on Twitter.
1: What follow you yeah. where?
0: Follow me on Twitter at this Geordie last.
1: I've
0: I've recently rebranded as a Kiwi fan account.
1: <laughs> That's the species, isn't it? Not people yes, from the species, New Zealand. It's not
0: people from New Zealand. You hate
1: them, don't
0: you? Sorry egg hater, but in fact I do hate them.
1: <laughs> and they're fucking You're eggs. Fucking hobbits. <laughs> okay, see you later guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
7: The votes cast for each candidate are as follows. Jeremy Colburn three hundred and thirteen thousand two hundred and nine. Owen Smith, 193,229. Conference, this represents a percentage of votes cast as follows. Jeremy Colburn, 61.8%. Owen Smith, 38.2 per Conference. cent. I'm therefore conference-delighted to declare Jeremy Colburn elected as leader of the Labour Party. Please, Jeremy, welcome on this stage.
5: Paddy, thank you very much for the announcement you've just made and thank you all for being here today. I want to thank the more than 300,000 supporters who have given me their support and trust in this Labour leadership election. I'm honoured to have won the votes of a majority of members, affiliated supporters and registered supporters who have given me the second mandate in a year to lead our party.
3: I've never seen you looking so bad, my funky one You tell me that your super fine mind has come undone Any major dude with half a heart surely will tell you, my friend Any minor world that breaks apart falls together again the demon is at your door in the morning it won't be there no more any major dude will tell you any major dude will tell you
2: It's exciting. It's young people. It's
3: crowdsourcing.